Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruane, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Welcome to another edition of Maximum Growth Live. We are back on a Thursday. It is live. We are Maximum Growth Live. My name is Jay Ruane, and I'm one of the hosts. I am the CEO of FirmFlex, your social media marketing agency for lawyers, as well as managing partner of Ruane Attorneys, a criminal defense and civil rights firm in Connecticut. And with me, as always, but I'm not sure which way to point because we're recording via Zoom. So I'm just going to go like this and say my man, Seth Price, is joining me today and he is back a little further north no longer in the jungles of florida seth is the founder and managing partner of price benowitz your dc maryland virginia and if you saw our show on tuesday you saw he uh, was sitting with his south carolina partner uh, as well as blue shark digital your seo for law firms agency seth how was the drive it was good. We, uh, you know, I used to dread family road trips and uh, this, it, you know, it was very empowering. Got to see a lot of good people along the way, uh, you know, had, had brunch with Sarah and got to see Dane in, in South Carolina and even, uh, you know, buddies who were uh, competitors in the, in the digital space, uh, David in uh, Greenville. So it was, it was, it was great to see all these different people and, uh you know, uh, socially distance visiting in the warmth is a little bit easier than uh, in the in the cold. So it's interesting, you know, Seth, I can only imagine you being the most networked person I have ever met, that as you're driving this drive north and you pass an exit, you get to a gas station and you happen to know the guy who's pumping the gas <laughs> or you get to the Chick-fil-A in one town and you happen to know the girl who's working the, the drive through window. That must drive your, well, that, your family the crazy. Thing, that's the one thing I learned. Yes, it does. But the one <laughs> thing that I did see in our neighborhood, Chick-fil-A is not beloved. You know, we're inside the Beltway, solidly blue. Many people refer to it as hate chicken, delicious hate chicken, but hate chicken. Um, and then we get to Florida and I thought it was, they, they were COVID testing centers or, or vaccine lines. I had never seen lines this long for anything uh, in my life. Um, and now I get why some of the towns actually brought the Chick-fil-A managers in to try to, in Florida, they do drive ups for the vaccines and people stay in their cars and they actually brought the managers in because they know how to move a line. It's, it was remarkable. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, back in, I guess, March, April, uh, when COVID first hit and everything was on lockdown, uh, we would take a 45 minute drive to Chick-fil-A once a week. Uh, as a family, just to get out of the house, you know, because we, we weren't going anywhere because we knew their drive through would be manned properly and everything would be legit. But I will tell you this. I love their chicken sandwich. Don't get me wrong. But you need to try the Shake Shack chicken sandwich, because while I am a Chick fan, Chick-fil-A fan. The Shake Shack version of the sandwich blows it away. Well, I, I appreciate Dan, Danny Myers knows what he's doing, but uh, I, sadly, the one thing that did not uh, do well during our three month and a week sojourn was uh, was weight. So we are we are back to I did my uh, I did I did a, a diet shake this morning, and uh, we are going to try to drop uh, ten to fifteen pounds over the next uh, couple weeks. Well, what you need to do is get on that Peloton that you have there uh, and, and, and join the, the, the hashtag Max Law uh, riding group. So, folks, if you're out there and you do have a Peloton, make sure you join the uh, Peloton group that the Maximum Lawyer has put together. Of course, we are syndicated on Maximum Lawyer as part of the Maximum Lawyer media family. You can always catch our show. Our Tuesday show is only able to be caught here live on Facebook, but our Thursday show is syndicated uh, through the Maximum Lawyer Media uh, family on the Maximum Lawyer podcast, as well as our own standalone podcast. So you can definitely catch that and you can go back on any of our 
uh, prior episodes and and rewatch or re-listen to anything on those platforms. Point of clarification: you can still listen to the show as audio. Oh, absolutely. Um, you're right. That was one thing that so that it is it is saved. I'll just conclude before we get Brett to uh, come in. I'm real excited to have Brett come. Um, is the the fact that we now uh, have uh, a law firm growth clubhouse club. So I have started two clubs, one which will mirror what we talk about here with, with Law Firm Growth, Law Firm Growth Club, and uh, the second being the SEO Insider, which mirrors my other podcast, talking about you know real geeked out things. And I know there's one topic you want to bring in uh, SEO-wise over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it was something that I picked up on. Uh, somebody sent me a link, my brother at Lightswitch uh, sent me a link, and he said, you know, I, I want to do a deep dive over all of your websites because as of May, Google has decided to say that certain core web vitals are going to become ranking signals. Now, just that phrase, core web vitals become ranking signals, got me a little nervous because that's a lot of gobbledygook as far we'll as We'll do I'm an concerned. entire show on it, Jay, but right. you know, it's generally if you're executing your fundamentals you're going to be fine. Like this is this is stuff that basically they're saying there are things that before there were best practices, good user experience. They're saying, hey, and they they usually you know they they tell you it's coming, it's coming, but they want to say if you if you're not keeping your eye on the ball with that, um, that it, it would be problematic. But for most people, and we'll go over in greater detail. We'll bring Brett on and go through in greater detail what that means. But uh, you know, it is. It shouldn't, if anybody is doing things correctly, this should not be a big jarring uh, change or anything that you need to do. Well, I guess the, the thing that concerns me is that uh, your load time is going to become an issue. And I know it always has been to some extent, but now I guess Google is talking about labeling sites saying this website has a good user experience in the results page. And right. so, you know, just like we see with the local service ads, that Google screen checkmark is getting people to, to, to follow their sort of, you know, here's how you navigate our site to find the answer that you need. You know, a little checkmark saying this website, web page gives you a good user experience could be something that separates you from other people oh, and gets course. you more traffic. Just like the security, right? When they went to HTTPS. And you exactly. still, I still see people, uh, you know, I, a friend's uh, nonprofit, she said, she uh, asked for a donation the other day and I sent her some money and I said, you know, you might want to, you know, pay the 20 bucks. I'm happy to cover it. And, uh, you know, it's that little thing that, you know, it's amazing how many lawyers out there haven't added that certificate for yeah, 20 yeah. bucks. And it says your site is not secure. Are you sure you want to go to it? I mean, it's so I think what Google's saying is we need to push people in that direction. We don't want somebody having horrible load times, you know, and that I'd say is actually going to be the most challenging piece of this because it's you know as a living breathing site it's always changing and stuff that you you could you today ruin attorneys could be popping fast and you know and over the next few days some stuff happens so it will mean keeping your eye on maintenance and i'd love to have breton on to uh you know give a deeper dive into what what it means technically I love that. I love that because I think it's it's something that we got to cover because it's going to be hitting people hard. Uh, and yeah, I can't imagine having a website in 2021 and not having an SSL certificate. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, 10 years ago, first installing them and it was a hassle to put them in years ago. Now it's a couple of clicks and you're done. Uh, but yeah, I've been on websites recently for law firms that don't have SSL certificates. And you're just thinking, boy, that turns potential clients off pretty freaking quickly uh, when they say this website might not be good for you Absolutely. Uh, in your browser. Okay, so um, we've got a great guest today. And uh, why don't you uh, talk, tell us a little bit about who's coming on the show? Uh, sure. Because uh, you know, we're, we've been doing a lot of different areas, but we want to circle back around. So tell them about Brett. So, so, so Brett Tremblay is a great guy. Uh, he has a firm down in the Miami area, pretty much a B2B firm that he scaled nicely. And uh, he, and a, he and a partner uh, have uh, really, launched and developed over the last three years, Get Staffed Up, which uh, has uh, been a recruiting staffing company. Uh, they, the, uh, the people are full-time uh, overseas employees, and a lot of people like yourself have, have leveraged them. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, break bread with him a couple weeks ago uh, in Fort Lauderdale and really uh, fascinated by you know, their learning curve, what they're seeing. And and how they have uh, built a, a really successful business. So uh, let's let's get them out of here. 
All right, folks. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. You'll hear from our sponsors. And when we get back, we're going to have Brett Trembley of Get Staffed Up with us. Hang on. We'll be right back, folks. The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet. And there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you, helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. Great to have you here. Uh, it was great to be able to break bread in, uh, in uh, Fort Lauderdale a few weeks ago, uh, get staffed up, sort of taking the legal space by storm. Uh, thanks, thanks for being here. Seth, Jay, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you guys. So what inspired uh, Get Staffed Up? I mean, we, we've been talking about this for, for weeks, but you've been at this for years as far as, uh, you know, how to, how to leverage overseas labor for lawyers. So I wish I could say it was solely my idea, and it, and it came from the fact that when I was a, a brand new, not attorney, but I had just started my law firm, I, I was too afraid to hire because it was so expensive, and I was afraid of failure and all of those things, um, but it was really my business partner's idea. He found out about the fact that he could maybe go find some people in the Philippines at lunch, um, a lunch he almost skipped. And we were really good friends and we had spent, he's an attorney, we had, we had spent a lot of time reading the same books and having monthly masterminds, getting on the same page, you know, not intending to do a business together, but so he, he has our, our, a real estate uh, title firm and he came back with four people from the Philippines and one from Mexico at the end of 2017. And, and I'm like, dude, get me a marketing person. This sounds great. So he did. And um, I, I went to a conference and I was telling people how great this was. And I made his first two sales for him. And so this was January, 2018. And when I got back, he said, why don't we do this business together? And I said, great, where do I sign on? And uh, we spent our first six months working on our infrastructure, investing in the, the software, you know, recruiting our own people. And really we didn't start even trying to make sales until the summer of 2018 like june or july so we're still under three years and um but we got our ducks in a row and a lot of, of boots on the ground and things lined up so that you know we didn't crash and burn ourselves because we were both running other businesses at that time um i'm still very heavily involved in my law firm and uh he though has sold his his law firm and he's full-time and gets staffed up and um here look hearing you say we're taking the legal world by storm that's nice to hear i don't know if that's necessarily you know, true, but we are, we are growing and, and I think we're doing a lot of good things and a lot of fun. You know, one of the things that uh, we've talked back and forth here is there are certain pieces that seem easier to put together when people are starting firms from the ground up. If somebody's a new firm and said, hey, I'm building it out from here, you know, for people like Jay and myself that have sort of legacy shops with employees in place, have you seen different challenges for people trying to retrofit an older firm rather than build a new firm from scratch, leveraging overseas labor? Yeah, so Jay and I were just talking about fit, right? It's gotta be the right fit for the firm. So if you're, there's, and there's pros and cons like with everything, if you're a, a new outfit, you need an assistant to do all kinds of things for you. So you just need like a body, you need help, but you're not gonna have the experience of onboarding. So 
it's gonna like it's gonna be harder for you to know well what do i give them and what do i do there's a lot more uncertainty there whereas more a legacy firm or a bigger firm they'll have more defined roles right which means it's maybe a harder fit but they'll have many more systems for onboarding and training and, and making sure that it is a good fit and knowing a lot sooner if it's if it's not a good fit you know because that that that's important i mean you you can get someone in domestically or internationally that you think's great and, and you know checks all the boxes and then a few weeks in your gut kind of tells you this is not the right person you know one of the things that we tried uh, several years back and i think jay it was maybe jay recommendation we worked with an indian outfit for some of the accounting back end processing of checks and you know sort of just basic basic accounting work and it crashed it was awful it crashed and burned and the staff based on that has resisted anything like this again are there any things that you see that you know one of the things we talked about at dinner was what types of tasks have you seen most successful with law firms you know working with with people within your world and which ones have sort of like you know might take more um more onboarding more training than most people are willing to give like where what 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 leads to success versus not within the law firm environment like which which areas have you seen the most success well let me let me just push back on something real quick Seth. um i talk about this phenomenon a lot but in the context of the like the one guy who's got basically his own law firm and no help for 30 years is like well i tried hiring one time and it didn't work so it doesn't work for me as is it is if like he's different and he, he, he didn't work it out, but it's like a badge of honor in some weird way. Like nobody's good enough to work for them. It would be like trying to play tennis. And Seth, I know you mentioned tennis recently. You, you hit a serve, it goes out and you're like, ah, this doesn't work for me. And you never try again. It, it's the same thing with hiring. You may hire someone and then they don't work out. Well, you got to get back on the horse and, and the whole like, well, we tried and, and I hate to I hate to pigeonhole like here in the U.S. We, we live in a bubble, right? It's like people from India are different, not only from people in other countries, but from people in their neighboring cities. I mean, you talk about billions of people. It's like, you know, there's people in India traditionally have been trained, at least in the outsource context. Again, we're just talking about a lot of people, but to be very good at programming right behind the scenes. People in the Philippines, we found, and we've, we've moved really away from the Philippines. 90% of our people now come from Latin America because we wanted to, we wanted to not only differentiate ourselves because most staffing companies, you, you hear about the Philippines, but what, what we've learned is that they're, they're trained and educated in the Philippines to be very good task takers. Like, do, do this, these three things and don't deviate. And they're like, I wouldn't deviate because I don't want to deviate. Like, I'm not going to use any of my own creativity or or my own initiative whereas in in i guess you know like mexico central south america it's a lot more similar to our culture so you, we're finding people who can be on the phone can do intake uh, marketing and and they're not going to get in your head and, and just run with things but they're going to be able to to use some of their own initiative like you would find here in the u.s where you're training someone but you're like look i, I gave you a job to do the job not to ask me how to do every little thing right so and, and that's and i've seen that they, I mean, I, again we have technical people in india you know task people in the philippines uh and i and i appreciate that the the thought of intake out of uh latin america probably where there's a little bit uh, more uh, thought to what's going on versus, you know, following a strict regimen. But so what's your advice to somebody if they're thinking about which tasks to experimental peel off, peel off first? Is it, is intake one that you've seen more success? Is it sort of administrative support for paralegals? What are, what are the ones that have been sort of the most successful the most quickly, or is, is that not something that's easy to answer that it depends on the firm and how well they train and staff? No, 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 it's, 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 I, we can answer that. I, I just wanted to kind of push back. I'm like, well, we tried it once and it didn't work. No, no, no. I, I, I was saying that for myself. Yeah. I'm talking about the, 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 for me, that was my staff was pushing yeah. back because, you know, this wasn't just a single person. This was an entire organization and they, they had 12 people try it. And no, nobody actually was successfully able to get a quality control that we could use. Put that aside for a second. That's my sure. own Mr. Goss. Yeah, yeah, sure. and, and a very fair point that just because, you know, I'm playing tennis and, if, you know, it's taken me four years to get a forehand, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not, know. it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I wish I could outsource that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> 
you know, what, what talked about which areas are been the most successful for people starting with you and which ones have been the most challenging that have taken longer for people to integrate to their firms? So the, the most successful is, is, is we, we categorize our, what we call staffers or VAs in three categories. We do clerical, which is just order takers, task fillers, backend, you know, scan a file here, have it go, you know, overseas, post-closing, that's, that's still out of the Philippines. Um, the second group we call are administrative virtual assistants. That is a, a broad range of people who can do interactive client-facing tasks. Could be peer reception, could be intake, right? Setting the consultation. I, I still wouldn't advise like that's your person who's closing the deals, maybe like a, a mill, like bankruptcy or something. But um, personal assistants, executive assistants, legal assistants, um, you know, new thing kind of sweeping the industry, client happiness, liaisons or coordinators. Th those are the, that's the, really the sweet spot. And the, the other one is marketing assistant. So remember assistant, not director, not chief marketing officer. This is not someone who's going to be like, sure, you know, I live in a different country, but I know exactly what the legal market in the U.S. Like, let me just take over all your marketing. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, pr probably the three of us, we've got hundred new ideas before we eat breakfast every morning. But when you don't have someone to delegate those ideas to, to try them out, they just kind of build up, right? They, they clog mental space or headspace, or you write them down and you never get to them. That is an amazing opportunity to have someone who's low cost, you know, highly efficient or, you know, marketing's not really efficient, right? Because half of marketing still never works, but I should say highly competent who can try out all those ideas and see what works and, and what doesn't work. So um, yeah, Jay, Jay's a little upset because he has a hundred ideas himself before breakfast. <laughs> yeah, what, what, I, what, what do you got? I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I just, my mind just never stops. That's just the, the way I am. And it's, and it's frustrating because I do have ideas and I go back through my book and I say, oh, I should have tried that six months ago and I still haven't gotten to it yet. So maybe that's something that I should do. But I want to ask you some questions about the technical stuff, because I think um, some people in our audience might have concerns about it. How do you, um, you know, handle, um, you know, the infrastructure needs of a law firm uh, with your staffers right because you know the internet access in in other countries and in, uh, in in other places may not be as reliable as it is here uh um the the it you know you don't have them at your next desk so uh they have a problem with software there's going to be a problem how has get staffed up dealt with that and how do you guarantee that you know oh but you know the power went out in my village for the next three days uh, and now you've lost that productivity of somebody who's supposed to now be an important part of your team. What do you guys do to help people avoid those problems if they bring somebody on from your organization? Yeah. All right. That, that, that's a multifaceted question. So let me, let me see if I can answer all those things at once. So um, VoIP systems work very well. If your phone is answered anywhere in the world, you hit hold, you know, pound one, two, and it'll pop over to me here in the U S or you. And like the same amount of time as if they are, you know, next door one, two, the internet is very good in a lot of places and it's not so good in some places. So before we hire somebody to work for Get Staffed Up, and just to be clear, like there are legal employees, right? And it's essentially we're leasing them out to you full time, 40 hours a week. So they have to have a good computer and we, we do the spec tests and we get, we do internet tests, speed tests. So we make sure that their internet is, is good enough is it perfect? Well, I mean, here in Miami, like Comcast went down half the day yesterday in Kendall. It, you know, like things do happen, of course, just like they do anywhere. Um, sometimes we run into, like we find somebody really good, but their internet just unreliable and we gotta let them go. It just, it doesn't work for us and it doesn't work for the client. Does that happen? Sure, it can happen. The other thing you ask is, you know, what if, what if it goes down in a village? We had, there was a, a huge flood in Honduras and, and some of our staffers were down for a week. I guess that's really no different than having a hurricane in Miami, which we get every few years, right? Do you, do you not pay your people? Do you fire them? Or do you just say, hey, it's part of it? At least, at least through us, we're able to say, all right, well, they, if they've been down like several days or a week, we will we'll basically prorate that. And so you don't at least have to pay for them but we don't have, you know, like replacements. We don't have an army of people who are just like, well, let me step in and do just as good as this person. Because 
that doesn't exist, right? This is, you can't clone people. That person has institutional knowledge and works for you. So sometimes life is going to happen. What we've done though, really, you know, to protect us is we've spread our, our hustle, if you will, all over the world. We've got people in nine countries. So if there's a massive earthquake or at least, you know, a small percentage of our clients may be down for a while, but not all of them. Now for the small percentage of people, our clients that it does affect, we got to work through that, you know, just like any other business has to handle. Which countries do you like most and which ones have you had problems with? Which countries do we like most? Um, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a most, like we- well, We're just generally top few, like what just- Yeah, so we, we, we started in, in the Philippines, like I said, and then we, we quickly moved to Mexico and we did really well and we expanded to Central America. We found some amazing people there. Now we're in Colombia and Argentina, finding really good people. And we, 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 we still have the conversation sometimes that says, well, what about, what about their English? You know, I need someone to answer the phones. I'm worried about the accent. My clients are, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but they're older and they may be offended by someone. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not really touching that one, but we've now moved to South Africa too. So we have English as a primary language VAs that work for us. Um, yeah, they have a South African accent. So if you think that's cool, then maybe you're, you're interested there. So um, it's not one country so much as it is there's amazing people in all parts of the world, just like the US and there's, you know, terrible people in all parts right, of the no, world. So. Let me ask you a question with like within India, because uh, I, have, I have people in Chandakar doing technical work and I can't understand a word they're saying. Um, and yet there are people in Mumbai that have sort of the British education. Have you found that there are different regions within countries that have? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that? yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we're not in India for that reason. We've had people approach us out of India that want to partner with us because they do get trained on the, on the British legal system there. And so, you know, there, there's, there's some opportunities. But, you know, the language is, is still an issue. Right? I mean, without, without disparaging anyone, it's just a fact. If you can't understand someone, you can't communicate. Right. Now, I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't have been so flippant there. I mean, these are brilliant people that do good work for us, but they yeah. couldn't be client facing. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's just, that's a fact. And neither could we for their clients in the country, right? It's not good or bad. It just is what it is. Um, but in different parts of countries, you've got like educated pockets, right? There's really good you know, universities and, and better education, you know, and, and better infrastructure, frankly. Gotcha, Jay. I, I had a couple sort of areas. You want to go first and then I, I have a couple. Yeah, more I, 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 have a, I have a question about um, what firms seem to have the most success, uh, you know, and I'll talk a little bit about my own experience with Get Staffed Up because I have it, right? Um, and we, we found that uh, bringing some of your staffers into our intake team, which was highly regimented, had systems, pre-existing systems in place, had a clear workflow and that type of thing was the easiest way for us to get outsourced help into our, uh, into our workflow, right? Um, but we haven't taken the, the leap in bringing somebody in at a higher level yet. Uh, to do legal admin work or to do marketing work and that type of thing. Uh, what, what areas do you think that you see law firms, specifically law firms, having the most success with your people? Is it, is it we're growing our, you know, intake really seems to be where people flourish early on because that's, a, that's very easy to systemize? Or yeah. is it the at personal admin, get this for me, get, the, you know, make my dinner reservation, call this client and set up a phone consultation. Is it the personal uh, assistance that a single or a solo or a small firm lawyer needs? You know, what, what, where do you find the best success? What kind of feedback are you getting from the firms that say, this is really working for us and we want to do more of it? I, I wish I could give you one or the other, Jay, but it's really both. Um, like we've got a firm that, that has almost 20 of, of our VAs. They went purely virtual. They created an intake university and they, they spend so much time on, on training that they've been successful in every position that they've hired from us. Now, is it just like they got their first 20 and they were good? No, they've, they've had to cycle through a few people just, just like you, we all do, right, when we're hiring. But um, we, I'll, I'll tell you one that's surprising. I'm surprised that more people don't have marketing virtual assistants. In general, 
or through us. Like I had a, a girl here in Miami and I still am friends with her. I still love her. Like she was, she was great, but I was paying her almost 60,000, right? Plus, plus, plus. And I, and like my fault, I could never really justify the, the, the cost. I couldn't see the return, especially a two or three times return. And it was all stressful. And then when I got somebody who, you know, it was outsourced, well, I could just throw things at them. If it took a little longer, it was fine because it was a low cost effort, right? Fail fast and fail cheap. Um, and ha just having that person to, to delegate. So I, 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 you know, my book's finally getting done. Like I'm getting all these things done that I, I would have never gotten done. And nothing in marketing happens as fast as you would like. It's, it's always like, if I say do it by then, it's, it's probably going to take twice as long. But I am surprised that that one hasn't been like, I think that one should be selling like hotcakes, but it, it hasn't. It's the, it's the middle tier for us, the administrative virtual assistants where people have been successful all, all over. Everything you just said, we've had a lot of successful, you know, staffers fit those roles. And it really goes back to the training and the onboarding of the business. Is this a, a, either a mature law firm that has systems for training or is it an entrepreneurial minded lawyer who's going to take the time to make sure that that hire is successful because we all have made hires and gotten too busy to, to really put in the time to train them right and then it's like yeah four weeks later like nah you know i, I gotta get i gotta do more here but is, but is that compound something jay and i were talking about and some some viewers or listeners of uh, of our uh, show and podcast um have sort of said well somebody who says well i'm having economic issues so i'm going to try to save money by replacing somebody from the u.s with an overseas person as like a main admin. And I think Jay, you've gotten some sort of, you've seen some, uh, you know, that, that, that does not usually a recipe for success, that it's not, it, it, there are things that can be done, but if you think that you're going to be able to take your right-hand person and just say, oh, well, they happen to be in another country, are, you know, is that something that you're, that you sort of have had people come back to you and say, so we thought this, this was like a panacea that we could just spend less versus, <laughs> as you've already indicated, a lot of data points you've given us, things may take longer, training may take longer, sensibilities may not be there. Um, not that there's not a thousand different ways to use it well, but that it's not a, uh, you know, a flip a switch and you, you can substitute somebody from one country to another for less. Is that, what's your, what's your take on that? I can give like a new, a nuanced answer here. I have in, at Trembley Law Firm, we have our, our office manager, right? In, in, I mean, in no way, shape or form would I ever try to replace her with somebody overseas or, or not, not here locally. That, that's not a position, that's a much higher level position. Now, my quote unquote right-hand personal executive assistant, yes. My know everything about the firm and handle things for me, you know, a big mess, you know, really like run the firm when I'm not there, be, be, be that kind of right-hand man. No, I, I wouldn't do that. And, and we also are not the, well, but again, if you're starting from scratch and it's just you and you build the whole thing that way, I think it is possible, right? Like we have, we have a few people that get staffed up that work for us internally because we have a team now of, I think we just passed 40 and our highest level people are all overseas, right? We're a hundred percent virtual company ourselves. And because they've now been with us three years, I wouldn't replace them with somebody here in the U.S. for the same reason. So some of it's just time and getting comfortable yeah. in use and figuring out. You don't know what you don't know going in. You guys are now learning three years in what's working, what's exactly. not. But but in terms of the replacement, that I don't recommend. I do not recommend. Well, let me just let me just replace this high level person. And we're not we're not a hey fire everyone in the U.S. type of company. We're a you're not hiring where you need to be. You've got holes in the bucket because you're just not getting there. You're not doing marketing. You're not doing a good job responding to your clients. Your people are wearing too many hats. I keep waiting until I'm in a business where everyone's wearing one hat and it's still not happening, right? As you guys know. Um, but, you know, add in some manpower, add in the wherewithal to help your firm do all the things it's not getting to with some lower cost labor. That should help kickstart the machine. And then you'll be able to hire more people here in the US. So I think it's a very good mix of both. Hey, I got a final topic. So why don't you throw one in first? Yeah, I, I, I got two questions for you. The first one being, how do you, number, number one, uh, let's talk about this. You've developed a country, you, uh, you've de developed a business, built a business with a lot of people being remote. 
And one of the hazards and one of the trepidations I guess a lot of people have is creating a firm culture when people aren't sitting next to each other. How does Get Staffed Up deal with that sort of business culture? Uh, take it away from the law firms, but just from a business perspective of a person who runs a business with your own happiness person being in Honduras, how do you develop a, a company culture with so many remote people in so many different places? Yeah, and this is a great topic. I, my, my Enrique, my co-founder and I were talking the other day about how amazing it is. Our leadership team cares so much about our business. I like they not they've all been with us now for over two years, but man, they take things personally and and they 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 fight you know like like your your eighteen players would for for the right things. We use a system called Traction, and and I know you guys have heard of it, right? EOS. So we've got our meeting rhythms, and we have we have morning huddles. So every morning, everyone gets gets that FaceTiming and gets to start the day the right way and create that energy. And I'm meeting with all the teams once per week. Plus, we have a leadership team level 10 meeting. And we do we do fun stuff. Our holiday party for Get Staffed Up, of course, it was all virtual. But we made a video and we played it. And I've never seen people laugh so hard. You know, we, we like I interviewed everyone and pretended, you know, I asked normal questions. And then I dubbed in fake questions. Um, and then we, we played virtual games where you can, you can play a ton of games now and breakout rooms and fun stuff. And we had like memes. We, we've done a lot of stuff to, to really. Right, right. Like, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not intuitive. It took effort and thought to put that together. It's, yeah. it's, it's the new, it's a new normal. And that the same guy who's going to just put people in a room and add some alcohol can't do that anymore. You really need to find, and again, we had to do it domestically with these virtual ones. Right. We did a comedian, um, thanks to Michael McGreedy and a you know, a bunch of other sort of fun, you know, but it's, it's, again, it is a, it, you, if you're to, to try to get people around the world with different sensibilities to all have fun, that that's gotta be daunting. Right. But, but we were drinking during these events, right? So we made sure. And, um, but also, you know what, another really good, um, I, I don't know, I guess it's good. It's mine. So, you know, it's kind of like patting myself in the back, but if you have like Slack channels or WhatsApp channels and sub channels for each team. So we post memes, like when we, we make, we, yeah, when we make a sale, we post a meme. When somebody has a start date, we post a meme, you know, it'll say like Jay Ruan, you know, third staffer and everyone's like cheering and high-fiving those things. You know, if you focus on them and, and you're excited about them and people buy in, you, you can, you can create a very good. Uh, and, and that's something I even see domestically with our team. That's that's uh, both pre uh, uh, pre virtual and now virtual. That the ability for people to throw memes out there back and forth, it just it adds an energy to the emails that yeah. people are really, you know, the, the what used to be the congratulatory email is now uh, a series of, of people wanting up one up in the memes. Yeah. Okay. Before before I turn it over to Seth to, to wrap this up, I have one other reservation that uh, I had coming in. I, it's been uh, it's been solved for me, but I want to talk a little bit about it because a lot of uh, people in our shoes might say, you know, it's great having the opportunity to bring somebody in that's out uh, overseas, outsourced, whatever you want to call it. But how do I know they're going to show up for work tomorrow? Like, how do you deal with with you know? Uh, and a, a staffer or any virtual assistant just ghosting on you uh, and, and having, you know, logins and passwords and, and that type of thing, because that's something that I think a lot of lawyers being conservative, uh, they, they, they tend to they, they, they tend to get nervous about things that uh, the normal person wouldn't. But it, it's something that people are concerned about. So let's talk about it. Right. And, and, and get that out in the open. How, how does a company like Get Stepped Up uh, or any other deal with the whole boy, that person just dropped off the planet. We don't know where they are type of thing. Yeah. Have you, have you guys ever hired someone here in the U.S. and they dropped off the face of the earth and just like ghosted you? Yeah, once. Yeah. yeah not, not really. I not mean, I really know what really. happened to them. But. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you this. And I used to say it's, um, it's the same as here in the U.S. because I've had that happen to me um, where people show up for the first, first day of work and then they never come back. It does, it does happen, right? We've had people 
get hired and we, we signed all the paperwork and they, they had their interview and we had a match and we had the, you know, the, the, the but that, and that's, and that's not the fear because that happens in the U S when yeah. somebody for, you know, early on, isn't the issue. The question is, does somebody, I think I want to speak for Jay, but it's when somebody's already in, they have your whole systems in place, they have your passwords, they have client information, and then they just, you know, turn off. Has that, has that been an issue? Sure. The, the, the second part of, of Jay's question, which is basically, Whatever you're doing to protect your, your law firm here in the U.S., which is you, you should have administrative capacity to shut off someone's email, to shut off their access to Clio, Rocket Matter, right? Because when you fire someone, you should have a whole checklist of all the things you have to do to protect the information, remove their Dropbox access, et cetera. The same things, just like we say, treat your virtual assistants as part of your culture and include them in everything. It's the same with confidentiality it's the same with access it's the same with 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 secrecy it, it, it's basically there's no different and if you think about because the coronavirus pushed our business forward like 10 years i mean not, there, there's no sure. around that timing you know i mean talk, talk about great timing but um you you've got to just think about all of my team for example all of our attorneys are still remote if we had someone go rogue or our paralegals we got to shut them off and, and cut everything and like it, it, it's really it's really the same well, thing. and i'm gonna ask jay's follow-up which is do they do people generally give two weeks notice or is there is that part of the culture or is that you know if somebody can make a buck somewhere else that they're going to take off at some point without notice um we a lot of people give two weeks notice and a lot of we, we frankly have people say after like two weeks well i had this like internship and it finally came through and we're like why didn't you tell us that you know i mean it's when you, when you get into staffing and you're dealing with huge numbers of people, well, the percentages are going to play out. So if you've got 5% of your people, you know, doing that to you, now it now it's a lot of people than if it was just one out of 10, right? Or, or, or five out of 100. So it does happen. Um, the percentages are very low, but we think it's more of, you know, we, we've had to fire clients because they were rather abusive to to their their virtual assistants and we're building a company like we, we're not going to tolerate that you know we're going to try to handle it the right way but sometimes we think it's an excuse because they just don't want to work with that lawyer because let's face it right we're all competing for the best talent i want to have better attorneys i want to have better paralegals i want to have better staff people happier more productive than the law firm that's a competitor downtown or i mean like across town or across the street or whatever um, it's this, it's the same with, with, you know, I, and then I try to do things in my firm and we try to do things that gets that to be a better employer. And so we're trying to recruit great people. And, and I just think that, you know, people kind of miss that. Like we're not entitled to great people. We need to be the type of leaders and, and bosses that people want to work for that great people want to be around. I want I to conclude, man, I I want to just that. conclude with something we talked about over dinner, which could be a whole nother episode, and maybe this will be the tease for it. But to me, um, one of the things that that I think is that you know you've done a, a very nice job of sort of like you have the recruitment, and you now have enough best practices to know what what likely more likely to work than not, and that's awesome. But the thing that I think the world is screaming for that nobody's figured out is some sort of certification that would get people prepped and ready to go rather than here's labor and they have these skills um whether it be intake whether it be paralegals in pi family criminal not that they're going to be able to know what goes on in your firm but google's been talking a lot about six month certifications over college what are your thoughts on the future of that i know that you know people are talking about it i haven't seen a lot of action in that area what, what are your your thoughts about that being the future yeah so so training and boot camps we've developed some of that and we're constantly talking about how to get better but how to do it the right way because if we put someone through a three-day boot camp I, i'm not talking three day i'm talking like real training yeah like real months. real six months so i've hired people that have six months of, of paralegal certification in the u.s that it's didn't, didn't know anything, right? We, we don't hire people from paralegal schools. Like that's yeah. usually a red flag. At the same time, if it was Brett's boot camp or Jay's boot camp, I'd be much more likely to have a, you know, I'd be, the, the likelihood of success would go up tremendously. Yeah. I, I think the risk that we run there is 
well, you train them so they should know everything. Like six months for a paralegal, it's it's so short, you know, like you need years and years as a paralegal. So we, we've talked about a lot of different things. Um, if we ever solve that paralegal conundrum, I mean, then we really will take the legal world by storm. Right, right. Then, then, you'll, then you'll take us by jet to the, uh, yeah, to the, yeah. to the uh, island offsite. There won't be a virtual offsite anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I like exactly. the sound of I, I want you. I want when you come back. I want. I want to talk more because I, I think that that's one of those. You know, when we talk about huge ideas. Right now, you've done a you know really smart thing. You have people. It's full time versus part time. It's industry specific. I love it. Uh, I just I know that there's a demand out there. And again, it, it's not going to be the same as somebody going to four years of school and then working in a law firm for five years. But there's got to be some way to cut the learning curve down and give the best chance for success. So we we hope to see you or or somebody else with that sooner rather than later yeah well th thank you so much brett this has been tremendous and uh you know look forward to seeing what you guys uh do in the next three years seth jay i'm honored that you guys have me on thank you so much this this has really been great i want to thank you so folks we're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll have our wrap up at the end of this edition of maximum growth live we'll be right back Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Guild members get so many benefits, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. Well, Seth, that was phenomenal. I mean, I, you know me, I am a, uh, I'm a customer, uh, so I, I'm happy with their product. We, we had some bumps early on, uh, but we are learning what it takes to bring somebody in uh, from overseas, uh, and uh, it's really working out well for us, uh, and it was great meeting. Brett, what, what were your takeaways? No, I mean, look, I, I, I love what they are doing. I have sort of, you know, as, as you know, and a lot of stuff, it was good to sort of, add, when you hear somebody speak and sort of resonates, We've been using India for certain things, Philippines for certain things historically. And it was good to know that somebody who's made more of a science of it, you know, I keep hitting my head against the wall trying to do certain things out of India that probably, you know, I have, you know, 80 people overseas. I, I should sort of say, okay, they're doing this well. Don't put round peg square hole. And I think that they have pivoted nicely to sort of say, yeah, we could get things argue. He didn't mention this, but cheaper in the Philippines, but we like the skill set that we're getting out of Latin America. And so the idea that you no longer just have the US, but the entire world to pull to pull from uh, for for labor is, is just fascinating and exciting. Uh, like a game of chess, figuring out what makes the most sense where. Um, like to spend a couple of minutes over the next few weeks, we have some pretty cool guests. Uh, lined up and you know in no particular order um you know uh, sheila murthy who has scaled one of the more fascinating law firms she's leveraged technology earlier than just about anybody else to create an international immigration firm uh she was featured in the new york times a number of years ago really fascinating she looks at herself as a technology company not a law firm so i think that's going to talk about systems and somebody who was ahead of her time on that uh just wrote a book uh that she'll be talking about um, we have Vern Harnish, who is, is one of my idols. I mean, he's the, the person wrote Scaling Up and Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, things like Strategic Coach were spun out of his world. Um, yeah. You know, so and he's the sort of the, uh, the real deal. So uh, if you haven't heard him, he is a treat. Yo, it's, that's going to be a great show. I've already started doing some research for it uh, and, and getting my questions ready and reading a couple of books again, uh, you know, for like the third or fourth time, just so I can uh, be ready to go. And it's what's really interesting. Uh, and I just, you know, think it's as we as we head into the end of the show, it's interesting that when we talked to Brett, he brought up traction because that's something that you hear over and over again in these circles because it's a system right? It's, a, it's, it's the EOS. It is a system for building and growing uh, any type of business, but specifically it can be applied to a law firm. And I think that's phenomenal that uh, people are taking a systemic approach to things because, you know, me and my love for systems. In fact, I'd invite anybody who's on the show to join our Systemizing Your Law Firm for Growth Facebook group because it's available. Uh, just join our group. We talk about systems. We share systems. Uh, so just go, uh, search up on Facebook, Systemizing Your Law Firm for Growth and join our, our Facebook group where we talk all about systems.
Right. And then, and ironically, I believe, and I'll have to check with it, I believe that EOS may have actually come spawned out of uh, Vern's world as well. Another, another uh, legacy of, of this guy is pretty amazing. And then uh, th uh, finally, uh, David Brenton, who's going to come in and talk about some of the Google changes that are coming up. But one of the things that he's the president of Blue Shark and has done an amazing job from intern to president. Uh, but one of the things that, that I'm always impressed with is that when I pick up a book like Vern Hart's Scaling Up, which he had not read, and he's already implementing many of the things that are in there, it demonstrates that, that this is not you know, somebody who's like coming out with this idea that you need to uh, do something. If you haven't read the book, you could. It's basically systematizing and putting what are best practices in the world into one place. So hopefully all three of these things uh, come together nicely over the next three weeks. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks of shows. It's sort of like uh, our March sweeps, right? We're getting all the great talent on because we got the upfronts coming and we want to be able to set our rate card, which is a whole lot of zeros. But, you know, if, if for, for, for those of you who, uh, who have some background in TV, you know exactly what I'm talking about. March is usually sweeps. That's why all the special guest stars are on the shows uh, uh, this month. But folks, I want to thank you so much for joining with us. As always, please like, subscribe. Follow our Facebook page so that you're notified every time we go live. We go live on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. So there's plenty of content out there for you to get. Of course, you can also subscribe to our podcast, the Maximum Growth Live podcast, as well as subscribe to the Maximum Lawyer podcast, which syndicates our show. Please come join us every week. We love having you. We love getting your questions, and we like to address those as much as we can. So he is Seth. Price of Blue Shark Digital, your SEO firm for lawyers, as well as managing partner of Price Benowitz, your DC, Maryland, Virginia law firm. I am Jay Ruane of GetFirmFlex.com. Please, if you have any questions about social media, reach out to either one of us on digital marketing. We're happy to help you through this process. Shoot us a DM, send us a message, tag us in a post. We will be there for you. And in the meantime, be well, be safe, get your shot, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday here on another edition of Maximum Growth Live. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.